Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. After service, we will have a time for offering. Amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord here. I want to read a couple of portions of scripture. I want to take a couple portions of scripture. I, I was going to just kind of wrap this series up, and it's just kind of like, I just kind of had a few, God just kind of just put a few more things in my mind, and so we're going to go today and then probably next week for this. So I want to take your attention to Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 49. I want to get practical here tonight, I hope. Amen. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region, all right? This was Paul, and Paul was, was out preaching. This was his first missionary trip, okay? And so he's out preaching. The Bible says that the word of the Lord was spreading, but the Jews uh, incited the devout women, all right? So we had devout women of high standing, so people who had some reputation in the community and the leading men of the city, so men of respect and city within, uh, within the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. They're out preaching the word. They're out, they're out doing what they can do. And the Bible says that um, during this time that these, these, these devout people, these religious people, these well-respected, influential people in the community began persecuting them and drove them out of their district. They didn't want to have anything to do with them. And so they, they hurt them. They, 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 they caused them to leave, all right? But here's what they did. And this is what I, just a practical word I want to give to someone tonight. But here's what they did. They didn't get all upset and mad and quit church. The Bible doesn't say they quit, they quit going to church or they quit loving God or they quit trusting God or they quit preaching or they quit doing ministry. No, the Bible says they shook off the dust from their feet and they went on. Come on, God's got more for your life. Come on, bad things happen sometimes. People do mean things. I heard a preacher once say, Lily quoted it earlier, where two or three are gathered together, he is there in their midst. I heard someone say, where two or three people are gathered together, some, one, at least one of them is going to be mean to you. At least one of them is going to be mean or have a bad attitude or have a bad day. So the reality is that sometimes bad things happen or, 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 or people mistreat us, but we can't allow that to stop our progress. We've got to keep on going. The Bible says they... they dust off, they shook the dust off their feet. What does the last text there in that scripture in Acts say? And then they went on with, with what does it say? They, they went on with joy in the Holy Ghost. You can still have joy despite other people, how they may treat you or what they say about you or how they do, how whatever they do to you, you can still have joy. Sometimes you just got to shake that dust off. Amen. I want to take a look at one more portion of scripture, the book of Psalms chapter 103. The Bible says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. That's good news. And as a father, he shows compassion to his children because the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Amen. Amen. He knows that we're just dust. Amen. At the end of the day, we're just dust. All right. And so... Today, we've been looking at just the series, What Do We Do When God Doesn't Make Sense? And tonight, I want to just kind of take a look at when people, when people upset us or when people hurt us, if that's okay, all right? And so let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for, this, for your word. I pray that you would just encourage us, Lord. Help me to be quick tonight, succinct, but, but helpful. 
God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise. And everyone said amen. You can be seated. Unless you want to stand, we'll let you do that, I suppose. It won't bother me if it doesn't bother you. All right, I just want to just say as we get into this, when God doesn't make sense, we've looked at the past three lessons about when God doesn't make sense. We looked at first week Mary and Martha when God was late. We had to learn that, you know, God's delays are not always God's denials and that we can't serve our expectations. Amen? We don't serve expectations. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that right? Then week two, we looked at when God says no, and we took a look at the Apostle Paul, and God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, and we had to learn that when our plans fail, that we have to put our trust in the purposes of God, and we can't serve not only inferior expectations, but we learned in the week two that we cannot serve the idols of our comfort and our convenience, that sometimes living for God requires us to be uncomfortable and to be inconvenienced, but we have to serve Christ and God anyway. Number Week three, we talked about when God seems to disappoint us, and we looked at John the baptizer, John the Baptist, and and, and we, we realize that when, when we are experiencing doubt in our life, just like John did, he was a good man, a godly man, that our doubt does not disqualify our faith. Is that right? That just because you experience doubt, just because you experience seasons of, of uncertainty, just like John did in prison, he was questioning who Jesus was. He was questioning what he knew to be true. He was questioning his faith that just because we experience doubt in seasons of our life, that does not disqualify our faith. And so we have to learn sometimes that, that real faith is not the absence of doubt, but rather real faith pushes through those doubts. Amen. That's what faith is. Faith is like turning on a light in the darkness, that the faith is what pushes through that darkness and through that doubt, that true faith isn't just having no doubts, but true faith is persevering in spite of doubts. And oftentimes, what I have found from just working with people and pastoring, that oftentimes doubt and discouragement can create a crisis of our faith. And it is that crisis that can be a crossroads in our life between choosing to abandon our faith or growing closer to Christ. That you can either walk away from the faith or you can lean into your relationship with God and grow deeper in your faith. Is that right? You have a choice. And so that's what this series has all been about. And what I have found that oftentimes the biggest catalyst for a crisis of faith is oftentimes disappointing experiences with other people. And so that's what we're going to look at here tonight. I'm not going to be able to do justice to this subject, but I want to just kind of attempt to take a look at it. Just what do we do and how how do do we approach that when other people disappoint us and it causes a crisis of faith? I was listening to a podcast. I had to drive to South Bend this week, uh, Mishawaka, uh, Indiana, and I was there all day for some work appointments and uh, had just kind of exhausted some of the normal podcasts that I listened to. And so I just was kind of searching through just the browse feature on the Apple Podcast app and just trying to see what some of the best, kind of most popular podcasts out there were. It's been a while since I've kind of searched for a, a new podcast. And there was this podcast by this group called Wonderly, and um, they had this podcast called This Is Really Happening. And I had never heard of it, never seen it. And so it just, for whatever reason, it just caught my attention. And it was a podcast from true, from just real people telling their real life story about just really just wild or um, difficult or challenging or tragic um, or unique or interesting experiences that they had in their life. 
and it was called, um, as I mentioned, it was called This Is Really Happening. And uh, it, they had very unique kind of titles. I'm not necessarily recommending this podcast because a lot of it was just kind of really heavy. And, and it was just kind of like counseling sessions, really, honestly. I, I listened to a few of them, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I just need to turn on a sports podcast and just get my mind off this stuff. Some of it was really heavy. It was not a faith or a Christian podcast, but, but there was a couple of, couple of stories that I listened to about people who were people of faith. And just walking through their tragedies and their crises of faith. And sadly, some of them actually lost their faith through the tragedies that they experienced. And, and I began thinking about this one particular story. There was a young lady that grew up in a Christian home. And, and uh, she was raised just with a very much a Christian worldview. And, and was serving God, living for God, loved God, loved Jesus. Part of the youth group, part of a, you know, a community church. And, and about the age of 13 years old, um, the, 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 her parents whom she looked up to, who were just kind of serving in the church, uh, serving God faithfully, served in the choir, the whole thing, one day sat, sat her and her two brothers down and just um, explained to them, announced to them that, that the dad was moving out of the house. And it was just a complete shock to her, her faith and to her life and to her worldview. She, she had never even heard her parents fight. And it was just like, at that point, it just shook her so much to the core. She just had this feeling like, if this can happen, then literally anything could happen at any time. And it just really was a crisis of faith. And, you know, she worked through that and she began to just kind of develop just kind of a, a, a just, uh, just this, uh, just bitterness towards her dad. And uh, a few months later, she and the father end up, ends up coming back to the house, but there was always this kind of this breach in the relationship. Several years pass. I don't want to exhaust the whole story, but Several years passed. They were on a family vacation, and uh, the brothers were driving home with uh, with with the mom in the car for whatever reason. She was she was with her dad, and her dad just began to bring up that experience, and they were just he just began to ask her, you know, how did that make you feel? I've never had given you an opportunity to tell me how you know that experience made you feel, and she began to kind of open up about it, and then he began to open up and to, to explain to her very clearly, honestly, and transparently what the result, what the reason for that was. And there was some infidelity, but it was, it was, it was very just, it was a very difficult thing beyond even just a normal set of circumstances. I'll be cryptic. Um, and so she was just rocked to her core. Uh, this reality that there was this secret life that was taking place, and and it just it absolutely shook her. And so they worked through that, and she 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 was able to overcome that. She ends up going to a Bible college and uh, or a Christian college. It was not a Bible college, a Christian college. And and anyway, she 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 meets this this person. Uh, they she falls in love. They end up getting married, and come to find out just one year into this marriage that there was this this just grave immorality in her husband's life. And it was just this very difficult situation that she had to work through. It was one just crisis of faith after another after another. Come to find out shortly after this, her father, whom she was able to repair that relationship, ended up getting a very serious form of cancer and ends up dying. And it was like she was just telling her story of just one crisis of faith after another after another after another. And you could tell that by the end of her story that, that she was at a crossroads in her life of whether or not she was going to allow the disappointments from people in her life and the people and the relationships that she had in her life to cause her to walk away from the faith 
and the God that she had served and loved and had, 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 had lived for all her life, or she was going to, she was going to decide to lean into her relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And, and, and I was thinking about that and several of these other stories, and I came to just a really just, as I was thinking through these things and thinking through just the, just the tragedy and the crisis and the reality of this life and how difficult life can become, and the reality is that sometimes in living for God, that, that life is not always easy. Amen? Sometimes life and doesn't make sense. Sometimes God doesn't make sense. And sometimes what we find ourselves in serving God is sometimes some of the most difficult challenges for us to overcome in our walk with God is, is the reality that people let us down. That sometimes people fall short and people fail us. And we have, a, we have a decision that we have to make when we come to these moments in life, these crises of faith. Are we going to allow these situations to pull us away from our faith or to allow us to draw closer to Christ? And what I want to just say that right off the bat is that, that as we approach this subject, my intention here today is to just state very clear that we cannot allow the shortcomings, the failures, and the faults of other people to keep us from the grace of God. You've got to learn that. I know, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but I'm just going to get it out. I'm just going to say what I feel to say. That, that we cannot allow the shortcomings of other people to cause us to fall short of God's grace and God's goodness. How many know that God is good even when people fall short? How many know that God is still merciful, God is still faithful, God is still true, God is still loving, God is still kind, God is still faithful even when others are not faithful? Is that right? And so when we find ourselves in a crisis of faith like this young woman in this podcast who had, who had grown up in a godly environment, had put all of her faith in God and, and came to a crisis in faith where she realized that part of her faith was in the people and not in the God in whom she was serving. She had to decide, am I going to put more faith in the people who have failed me or in the God who is faithful? And that's where we are sometimes in our life. We have to just lean into our, into our understanding and knowledge that there is a God that is good and merciful and kind and true despite when people let us down. Now, I want to just take a moment here and just talk a little bit about that. I'm going to try to be quick here and just state right off the bat, there are, there are several reasons why people fall short, and I think it's important. Some of this is very simple and very basic, but it's worth just kind of taking a moment to think through here today that, 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 that there are various reasons why people fail and fall short. The reality is that some people fall short. Some people do things who, prof some people who profess to know Christ are not really serving Jesus. That we can't put our faith in people who, who, although they may profess to be Christians, profess to know God, profess to be serving Christ, the reality is that not everyone who is professing uh, a life of faithfulness to God, the reality is that some, of, some people are not truly serving Christ like they should. That, that is just the reality, that we can't allow people who profess to be one thing but who are living something different to cause us to abandon our faith or become disappointed and discouraged. The reality is not everyone who calls themselves a Christian is really serving Christ the way they, way they should. We don't believe that Christianity is just kind of a religion you put on. It's just, it's just some sort of just behavioral modification. No, we believe that true biblical Christianity, true saving faith is a faith that causes us to become transformed and renewed. That when we put our faith in Christ, 
that we're just not acting differently, but we have actually become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Jesus said that you've got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. That Jesus is offering more than just just a place to go to socialize on Sunday, but Jesus is offering a new life and new desires and and a new and a, just a new uh, a new creature. Let's look what the Bible says. Here, the Bible says in in the book of Titus, look what it says here. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. In other words, what the Bible is saying, that there are some people that although they profess to know God, the reality is, is that their works deny them. That we can't allow ourselves to get hung up and caught up and and distracted and discouraged by people who, although they confess to be one thing, are not truly living out what the teaching of the Bible is. Is that all right? Is that is that good teaching here today? We can't allow ourselves to be allow our faith to be put in people who are not truly living what the Bible teaches. Amen. But as I mentioned, the Scripture says that we are to be more than just just to, 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 to act a certain way or to confess a certain thing, but we are to be new creatures. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians. Put that up there real quick. I'm moving quick. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen? That, that true Christianity is, is repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, a new life, a new, a new creature, a, 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 a lifestyle that is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? And so the reality is that we can't allow ourselves to get disappointed and discouraged by people who may say one thing but are doing something different. All right? Now, if you look through the Scripture, the Bible, Jesus, Jesus had the least amount of tolerance for people who were saying one thing and doing something else. We call that hypocrisy, right? Jesus had a lot of tolerance for people who were just falling short or, or sin, uh, just had sin in their life or areas of, of weakness in life, but people who are confessing one thing and doing something different, Jesus had very little tolerance. And so we have to make sure that we are discerning the difference between the two. Let's go to the second one here. The second reason why people fall short, look at this, sometimes people have good intentions but are not spiritually mature. I think this is important and worth just pointing out here today. That sometimes people will disappoint us, not because they have bad intentions or they want to, but just sometimes, you know, we have new, we have new believers, we have new Christians who are working out their faith that, that sometimes when we're living for God for a long time, you know, we, we nail some things down in our life. You know, we've settled some matters in our life. We've settled some issues in our life. Amen. That, you know, we've served God. We, we, we've walked with God. God, the spirit of the Lord has sanctified our life. God has worked some things out of our heart and out of our life. And, and we've just laid some things things on the altar over years of living for God and some things are just so black and white and some things are just 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 established and settled but we have to remember that there are people coming into the church and it's not because they're intending to do the, do the wrong thing they their intentions are right they just are not quite there in their in their discipleship process the bible tells us in hebrews chapter 5:13 look what the bible says for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of word of righteousness since he is a child. In other words, everyone who lives on milk is not equipped to do the right thing, but solid food is for the mature, those who have their powers of discernment, who train by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. In other words, that not everyone is, is a mature Christian who can determine between what is right and what is wrong. Sometimes we have to go back in our life and just get to a place when we first started living for God, when we were still working some things out, we were working out our own salvation. There were some things that, that, that when you came out of the world and you got into the church that Jesus took the desire away from you instantly. I can remember when I first, 
came to the church at the age of about 16. Uh, my goodness, I had a lot of just, I was just a, just a wild animal back then. And just God had to get a hold of me. I remember, I, I just, I remember when I was 16, just, just, I used to just cuss like a sailor. If I could put it like that. And I, and when I, when I got into the church, it was like, is like my vocabulary changed, my outlook on life changed. Used to do a lot of things that, that just I were not part of God's will for my life, and there was like God just took those desires, but there were other things that God had to work out. I had to just wrestle with. I had to just pray over. I had to just just allow the Spirit to work out of my life. And the reality is, is that we are all we are all in the in the in the potter's wheel of God. And sometimes we have to recognize that people have good intentions, but they're just not quite there yet. Amen. And so we can't allow ourselves to get discouraged and to get frustrated by the realities that it's not necessarily a matter of intention. The tensions are good. It's just a matter of maturity. And the third reason is simply this, is that sometimes people have good intentions but fall short of God's will. And this is where we have to just really just get to in, in, our, in, our, in our framework and in our life, that when people fall short, fail us, hurt us, upset us, disappoint us, discourage us. The reality is that sometimes it's not intentional. It was not intended to be that way. That they just, they just fell short of the, of the glory of God. They just fell short of God's purpose in that moment, in that situation, in that particular circumstance. The reality is that sometimes people have good intentions but really just fall short of the, of, of the will of God. How many know you've fallen short before in your life? Amen. What Psalms 103 says, let's look at it again. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As, as the Father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are but just dust. All right. And so there's this interesting thing in psychology as we've been kind of looking through this, uh, this study on the bait of Satan. There's this inter interesting thing called the fundamental attribution error. Has anyone ever heard of that or remember me talking about this? The fundamental attribution error is when someone else does something that is wrong or disappoints us that we typically judge other people. This is just a human quality characteristic. We usually judge other people when they fail or fall short or do something wrong or have an inconsistency in life, we tend to judge other people by their character. But when we mess up or we fall short or we fail, we judge ourselves by the situation or the circumstances. And it's just the reality of life that sometimes that, 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 that when people fall short, we typically, we tend to judge others more harshly, that that's a character flaw, that's a quality of them, that's, that's just who they are, they're just a failure, they're falling short, they're messing up, but the reality is, is that when we do the same things, we don't judge ourselves by our characters, we judge ourselves by the circumstances. Well, you know, it was just the situation, or, or it was the circumstances, or it was just the, 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 the thing that was going on, it's not who I really am, and there's this, it's this fundamental attribution error that is a quality that is present in, in, in all of our lives, and, and the reality is, is that sometimes we just have to realize that when people fall short, it is not an indictment on, on the body of Christ or the church or the ministry or, or, or living for God in general, that the reality is that in serving God, that, that sometimes people just mess up. And we cannot place more faith in people who are flawed than in Christ who is faithful, all right? And so we come to the scripture in Acts chapter 13. I'm just going to 
be brief here. The Bible tells us that Paul was, Paul was out preaching the word of God. Paul was doing God's work. He was doing the will of God. And the Bible says that the word of the Lord was just spreading abroad, okay? Paul was doing what God was wanting Paul to do. All right, in verse 50, the Bible says this, and then the scripture says that, that as he was out preaching, doing the word of God, that some of the devout women and some of the religious people and some of the influential business owners and people in the community began to stir up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. That in other words, Paul's preaching, Paul's doing the will of God, Paul's doing what he's supposed to do, Paul's doing right, Paul's intentions are good, Paul's doing everything he's supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, these, these, these devout people, these, these people that, 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 that were influential or had power in the community, influence in the community, began stirring up everyone against Paul and Barnabas. And the Bible says that they began to persecute them and drive them out of the area. Now, it was right here that Paul was could have, on his, the very beginning of his missionary journeys, this was the first of three missionary journeys in which Paul would, would reach all, most of the known world at that time, would, would write several books of the Bible, would, would, would start churches all over the world, would, would do so many good things for God that, that throughout the course of his life, it was right here at the very beginning of his walk or his ministry to preach the gospel throughout the whole world that Paul had a, came to a crossroads in life. And it's the same crossroads that we can come to sometimes if we allow ourselves to be influenced and impacted more so by the flaws and the failings of other people, as wrong as it may be, as bad as it may be, as misguided as it may be, as sinful as it may be, if we allow the failings and the flaws of other people to influence more than the faithfulness of Christ, then we can allow those things to draw us away from the purpose and the plan of God. But Paul didn't do that. Paul didn't get upset. Paul didn't quit the church. Paul didn't quit living for God. Paul didn't quit praying. Paul didn't quit serving God. Paul didn't quit showing up. Paul didn't quit loving people. Paul didn't quit preaching. Paul didn't quit doing all of the things that God had called him to do. He continued in the purpose. And the Bible said the way that he handled this injustice was he shook the dust off from his feet. And that's just what I just felt to tell Connection Point Church tonight on this Wednesday evening that sometimes you've got to just shake the dust off your feet. People are going to hurt you. People are going to upset you. People are going to frustrate you. You're not going to always understand it. You're not going to always be able to make sense of it. But the reality is that sometimes you just got to shake the dust off and just keep on moving. God's got more for you. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan for you. God's got what he's got joy for you in the Holy Ghost, but you've got to shake the dust off and you've just got to keep on moving forward. Amen. Is that a word for somebody here today? And so what we can't not allow ourselves to do is allow the sins of people to keep us from the grace of God. All right. We've got to lean into our faith in the faithfulness of God, in the goodness of God, and shake the dust off our feet. Amen? And so I want to just leave you with a couple scriptures here. <clears throat> what, this, what this means, I think, is sometimes God gives you the permission to just shake, shake some things off of your life, to just get some things out of your life. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews. Pursue peace with all people. To the best of your ability, pursue peace with all people. If you can live peaceably, if you can work it out, if you can be reconciled, I believe that the spirit of the scripture and the will of God is that if at all possible, you be reconciled to people in whom you have differences and disagreements and 
just whatever. That if you can, have peace and holiness with people, without which no man shall see the Lord, all right? It goes on, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springs up, cause, causes you to be troubled, and by this many have become defiled. That if you fail to live peaceably, or if you fail to shake the dust off your feet, what can happen is, is you can allow that little root of bitterness, that thing that they said, that thing that they did, that thing that they failed to do. They didn't call me. They didn't follow up with me. They didn't appreciate me. They didn't, whatever it is, if you allow that not to be just shaken off your feet, then you can allow that root of bitterness to spring up and become troubled and defiled. And so the reality is, is that sometimes the, the will of God is that, that God would have us to be, to seek peace with all men. But it comes to a point where we have done everything that we can do in the scripture. Jesus would give us permission that there's sometimes you just got to, you got to just shake the dust off. All right. Look what Jesus said here in Matthew 18. And we'll close with this. He said, moreover, brethren, he said, moreover, if your brother sins against you, this is Matthew 18. We're going to, this is, this is how Jesus kind of gives the framework for how to deal with, with when people upset you or hurt you. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him. So this is here. This is the spirit of reconciliation. If someone does something, make it known to them. Because the reality is, and, and I've said this a lot lately, the reality is sometimes, you know, they may have done something to you and you perceived it completely different than it was intended. Has that ever happened to anyone? That's happened to me before. Something was said or not said, and it's like you just thought about it, and you thought about it, and you thought about it, and you finally just couldn't think of it. You couldn't just deal with it anymore. You had to go confront it, and it was like, man, there was a total miscommunication here because what you picked up was not what I was laying down, right? And so sometimes that's the case. And so he says, go and try to talk to them. Be reconciled. Talk about it. Make it known. Work it out. And he says, and if he hears you, you've gained your brother. If there was something there that maybe you were misunderstanding or maybe he didn't realize he did that or she did that and, and you can talk about it, then, then, then you guys can, you can be reconciled and, and you can have peace and holiness with that, in that relationship. But he says, if he will not hear, take it with one or two, two others that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word can be established. That if, if, there's, if there's an inability to be kind of reconciled, then, then if it's in those instances where you just cannot shake this off. You just can't shake it. Sometimes you can just shake things off. It's not a big deal. You just keep on moving. Some things are, are, are more serious, and it, you, you got you to talk about it, right? And so if, 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 if you got to, you get a couple wise people, maybe a, maybe a ministry, maybe someone wise, someone that knows the situation, not in a gossiping way, but you just, you know, here's what happened. We, we need to work through this. You get an arbitrator. You get some counseling. or You, get, you, 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 you work through it. And if, if that doesn't happen, the scripture says, if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. And if, every, and if he refuses to hear it then, the church, let him, look at this, be like to you a heathen or a tax collector. In other words, the context of what Jesus is saying here is when you have exhausted everything you can do to be reconciled to a person and it has proven that it's just not going to happen, whatever the situation is, you've, you've genuinely, sincerely tried to work this out. You've done everything you can do within reason. Jesus isn't saying you've got to keep being their doormat. You've got to keep just getting walked on. You've got to keep getting just mistreated. You've got to keep just getting abused. Or you've got to keep getting taken. To... It comes to a point where you can 
what he says, treat them like a heathen or tax collector. For a Jewish person in that time, a heathen was someone that was outside of the faith. They were to have no interaction with them. A tax collector was someone that they just, it was widely held and known that tax collectors were taking advantage of common people by overtaxing them for their own personal profit or gain. And so these were people that they just, they had a very just business interaction with. There were guidelines in place. They, they had distances in place. They, they, they weren't trying to be friendly with them. They weren't trying to have a relationship with them. At some point, you've got to just shake the dust off. You've just got to keep on moving forward. You do everything you can do to be reconciled to that person, and then at some point, you've just got to shake the dust off like Paul did, and he just kept it on moving. Amen? Amen. Stand with me tonight. <laughs> How's that for a midweek Bible study? Amen. You know, I was listening to those testimonies from that podcast, and it was, it was really heavy. There, was a, there were several things, just like, oh, my goodness. You know, the reality of what people, some people suffer through, you just have no idea. And it's just tragic. And, you know, I, I don't want to underplay the reality of some people's sufferings and you know, the, you know, the tragedies that causes crises of faith and just the ho horrible things, horrific things that people can experience in life. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is, is that there really is a faith that is deeper than how, than what happens to you in this life. And I really believe that. That it is possible to live for God. If you want to live for God, you can live for God. No matter what has happened, as horrible and as unfair as it may be, if you want to live for God, you can live for God. And sometimes that decision to live for God means that you've got to, you've got to put more trust in a God who never fails than in people who, who are flawed and fall short. Amen? And we cannot allow ourselves, we cannot allow the sins of other people to cause us to miss the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us here tonight, Lord Jesus.